Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Welcome to 3CR's Spoken Word. My name is Ella Fanelska and I have two guests in the studio today or one of them is kind of a half guest, half presenter. Um, I'm quite excited about this show. It is um, all about Audacious and um, Audacious is of course produced by Melbourne Spoken Word which is really driven by Ben Solar and for that reason he is our special guest in the studio today. And my other guest is Santo Katsati who is one of the other presenters on this very program, 3CR's Spoken Word. So welcome to the studio, both of you, Ben and Santo. Thank you, Ella. Here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, Ben, um, let's just get straight into it. And I want to ask you, what inspired you to launch this project, Audacious? Well, um, I think in Melbourne, like, there's a lot of places where poets can submit their work and be published. But up until Audacious, there really hasn't been another... Um, like publication for spoken word artists other than Going Down Swinging. Yeah. Going Down Swinging, of course, is a bit innovative uh, for s- releasing a CD with spoken word, but there's no one who's that's really like followed that lead in any kind of way in a regular kind of publication except, um, you know, sometimes poetry journals do their one-off sound issue or yeah. whatever, like Audio Overland was great. Um but we wanted a regular, another regular outlet for spoken word poets to be published in. Excellent. Yeah, good. And for those who are listening and haven't heard of you or melbournespokenword.com, which is impossible because we um, talk about it pretty much every week, <laughs> can you just say a little bit about the organisation itself and who you are and what you do in, within it? So I'm a, I've been a spoken word poet around Melbourne for about five years and about three years ago I started a, um, a blog or website called melbournespokenword.com which was basically a way of discussing like spoken word poetry in Melbourne and kind of promoting and advertising all of the gigs around around the city because there's so many of them and as a kind of like a central hub for all of the gigs and the radio shows and the publications and the poets and everything all kind of it's like a it's like a hub to send people off to all the amazing other other things so we um now have a brand new brand spanking new website that we uh, crowdfunded um, and so it's all looking pretty fantastic. Yeah it is indeed and people can find that simply by just googling um, Melbourne spoken word essentially can't yeah. they? Yeah excellent. Yeah we, we've spoken about this on the program before but yeah pre-Melbourne spoken word days it was really the, the Melbourne poet scene was really um, spoken word as in like people would hear about it through um, word of mouth <laughs> and so this change has really yeah made yeah. it accessible for a lot more people. Yeah but there was um, before me uh, Pam's poetry pitch um and she'd maintained that blog for many years well before I even uh, was living in Melbourne um, and she ran that as a blog f- up until about 2013. There was a bit of a crossover there where we kind of had two gig guides which was great. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for mentioning Pam, Ben. Yeah. Um, as many people be aware of her recent passing, um, it's really kind of shaking the Melbourne community and I was thinking about this last night as well that I kind of feel like um, Ben Sola has... 
um, modernised the way that Pam used to um, run the, um, get the getting the word out. Like I, when I first got onto the scene many years ago, um, probably oh, more than 10 years ago, that's how I would find about gigs is I'd go to the Dan on the Saturday and you'd look forward to picking up um, Pam's um, like summary of all the gigs and it was really old school. That's and right, hard she copy. had a, like a hard yeah, copy leaflet, right? Yeah. yeah, and then everyone yeah. would go to her and say, this is what I've got and you'd have to get it in on time to her and of course it's like with you as well but mm. the time frame was a lot, um, uh, you know, we weren't as flexible because we didn't have all the digital technology. Yeah. And we um, we did produce our own leaflets Sometimes, when I've got time, sometimes, and I'll go to a gig like Passionate Tongues with a leaflet of the gigs coming up for that week. Yeah. Um, that yeah. is still really nice, isn't it? Yeah. Some gigs do that. Like, I know I always forget to plug the um, Elton Courthouse readings because yeah. they're not really pushed on Facebook. And um, and they happen to actually be, I'll put it in now, um, the third Thursday of every month, which is when you hear my voice on the radio um, for, for um, 3CR Spoken Words. So that's a good memory trigger. But, yeah, and so I'll only ever remember it um, before I realise that with a paper sheet that you happen to come across mm-hmm. somewhere. An abrasive lace-lined collar, the tickle of water winding between nose and cheek, the forming of hands into towers, an obscure memory of a ritual from a time before this, a constant male rhythmic murmur, a recurring malady over sustained organ cords, fresh limbs kick and swell an off-white satin covering, short plump fingers clutch the air, the cooing and rocking in response to a persistent ostinato cry, a protective stroke of the head and the hushing, the endless hushing. You're listening to 3CR's Spoken Word and my name is Ella Fenelska and we just heard a track from the Spoken Word CD Audacious by Amanda Anastasi and the piece was called The Initiation. I'm in the studio with Ben and Santo, and Ben, I just wanted to ask you now, how do people get on Audacious? So there's two ways potentially that you can get on on Audacious. Um, the first is uh, sending us in submissions when the submission window is open, and you can find out about that on our website. Um, and there's a process of sending us in a WAV file um, under five minutes, um, and we go through the submissions um, by the time this radio show is on air, um, we will probably have submissions open for issue four, which will be selected by an editorial committee rather than just the overlord of Benjamin Sola. Um, and so um, you can submit that way and we'll select some tracks from that. But we also um, commission tracks. So I go around spoken word events and I hear people I like and I go, I want you on the CD. So um, usually I'll bring them into. Jackie T's studio. Um, he's been really great at recording a lot of the poets or my studio. And then um, Armand will master them. And um, yeah, and we can do it that way. There's other ways to get on it. Sometimes we offer publication for Audacious as a prize. Um, if you win a slam or whatever, um, that's how Brendan Reed Dennis got on issue one because he won the Slam Alamma Ding Dong season finals. 
Excellent. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's kind of great that you're saying that because it's like you're encouraging people to literally, excuse the pun, be like audacious and like yep. go out and push their work and then, you know, get a little bit headhunted in a way you yep. know, by you. Yeah, yeah. That's excellent. And I go along to heaps of gigs. You so do. you never know when I'll turn up. <laughs> exactly. So, so yep. people should think about that. Excellent. And I, I do like to reward poets that are hardworking yeah, and go out to gigs and kind of work their right. arse on the open mic. Absolutely. Yep. And Ben, like in that regard, like are you kind of looking for anything in particular? Because, you know, when people submit to things, they sometimes go, oh, does my style suit what they're looking for? And is there anything in particular that you particularly enjoy? Um, I'm looking for stuff that's a bit bold and particularly stuff that utilises, um, I guess, the tools available to you in your voice um, in particular. So things that are not just like what you would find on the page or whatever and then people are using, yeah, all the tools of their voice. Absolutely, and that makes a lot of sense, you know, being a, being, being a spoken word CD and peddled by Melbourne Spoken Word. Yeah. And you also have to be aware that people are listening to it but they can't see you perform, so some of the tricks of the trade of performance poetry sometimes don't work. You, Absolutely. Um, hand movements and stuff like that, so Absolutely. people need to... yes. Um, and th- we, we, this is a discussion we have amongst ourselves a lot about page versus stage and can a, pa- can a piece work for both? And I, I personally think that a poet is really skilled when the piece works on the page and on the stage. Yeah, definitely. Do you, what's your opinion about that? Yeah, I think um, definitely there, there's a lot of crossover and people can um, find pieces that work on the stage or just for, via audio or on the page or whatever. But when you're focusing on a different form, I think you should really think about what skills you can using that and I personally like performance so I and I like using my body um particularly being inspired by uh Bill Moran of of late who's a very physical performance poet so I think you should use all those tools in this age of atrophy this age of apathetic muscles, collapsing corpuscles and clogged arteries. This heart in me still beats for ships and birds. The desert ships that you set sail across the wasteland of my bed, they pace like camel trains through the mumbling slumber of my head, pressing your subtle footprints into the wet cement of my mind as I, in kind, wander in you. Lost in the vortex of your cerebral cortex, all those medulla oblongata dreams you seemed so set to bless me with. And those birds, your chirruping syrupy birds, they flowed like thick molasses from your child eyes, winging on each strand of your whispered hair. As it fans across my pillow hills in bourbon brown dusk, they peck at my neck as you do. They screech to rouse death, they preach voodoo. Witchery of it, the slight itch in you that will finger this itch but won't scratch. They say love is random, but one heart in a million is still one heart. They say fast love is slow hell, but I'm still laughing, still glad I fell. They say the complicated rhythms of our hearts can't syncopate so soon, assimilate. The human intricacies of love don't relate to the bobbing of ships or the flight of birds. Then shall we say those hearts don't beat like ours? 
bubble up inside me like a chuckle. I taste your name across my tongue, the known prayer of a penitent nun, and I'm telling another one. Another random tale of the ships you set sail, those dreamy bobbing boats of hope you cast on the vast oceans of my love. And as below, so then above. In my sky, your birds are circling on the wing, scribing feather windy songs my broken voice can't sing, and I'm recounting rain on the streets, our twin beats, the distance of a missed kiss half a sigh between each rumble thump in my chest and the best first time your hand filling mine your head in the crook of me like I was carved for you a brown paper bottle laced with the charm of you gutters choked with limerence a surge and a purge of wonder my heart swell a flood and I'm under, I'm under, I'm under I'm kicked back and dying in it I'm blacked out and lying in it I wait to surface with a purpose and rise for you again. For until I am alive for you again, these words are just the language of ghosts. Tracy's spoken word, and we just heard a track from Audacious by Anthony O'Sullivan, and the track is called "Language of Ghosts" with music by Warm Wintry Sky. Before we heard that track, uh, we were just speaking with Ben Sola from Melbourne Spoken Word about um, using all the different tools in our um, poetry um, pockets, I guess, um, about when when you're submitting a piece to a spoken word CD as you don't have the benefit of using your gestures and body in performance. Um, This really leads me to think about slam poetry, and so I wanted to ask Ben about slam. Um, well, there's, I guess slam has become a really popular kind of format, not just in Melbourne, but it started off in the US and it's like a huge, um, thing it's, I think, um, in the most part, slam is great. It's attracted a whole heap of young people to poetry and performance. Um, and it's a real act, real access point to spoken word. And I think, um, well in Melbourne, we have slam, alarm and ding dong, which is one of the, probably one of the biggest gigs in Melbourne in terms of spoken word and poetry. So, yeah, I think it's a wholly positive thing. Excellent. I agree with you in terms of, like, bringing in young people because I haven't gone personally to a lot of slam and then when I go, I'm like, who are these people? I don't even know who they are. And Mm. then, yeah, it's quite interesting that different events or gigs in Melbourne have quite different audiences. Mm. Mm. And we recently had two, like, fairly big gigs in Melbourne with – um. Bill Moran came in May, I think it was, and then um, Zohab Zikan recently performed in July, and both of those gigs were like 
most of the people there I didn't know. It's not like just the regular poetry crowd, crowd that was there. So it's obviously hugely popular. Definitely. And I, another aspect of that that I like is that it often brings people to poetry. So they'll be quite happy to go to a slam because they would really comfortably go to a hip-hop gig or something like that. And then um, they, they go, oh, this is kind of cool. And then they get introduced to Melbourne Spoken Word and then it goes from there. The amazing thing, uh, if I may butt in here, um, yeah, I, I am actually here, you know, but I'm just being, I'm being trying to shut quiet. up for once, you know, because <laughs> right. I, I do dominate this program that I have in the past. Look, Slam has got, it, it's everything that, that the two of you say about uh, Slam is right, how, you know, the new young audience and the format is exciting and blah, blah. Of course, this is the entire history of of Slam, you know, poetry slams go back to the early um, to mid nineteen eighties in Chicago, started by all these butch male construction workers who got together during their lunch breaks and invented this mock competition because it's not a serious competition; it's a pretend competition where prizes would be a packet of biscuits and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, I mentioned that they were butch male construction workers because you'd expect them to be like really sexist and racist and homophobic and stuff. And in fact, in uh, the early slam in the 80s in Chicago, um, one of the uh, features of it was that they had very strict rules about no sexism tolerated, no racism tolerated, no homophobia tolerated. And it was a very, very working class thing. It was, you know, very anti-elitist. It was very much about giving ordinary people the voice to to be able to say what they wanted, and their ages ranged. They weren't all just young. They were young, middle-aged, and old. That was the history of SLAM. Um, and, you know, it's developed massively. Some parts of it, some elements of it in the US have become very competitive and a lot of money and stuff involved, but the spirit of it is mostly there around the world now, attracting certainly a lot of these young people um, but but it, it's seen as an alternative discourse to the snooty literariness, and that's that's what's so exciting about it for mm. me, of, among many other things. Mm. Mm. Definitely, that's a really great point, Santo. And just I think like the accessibility of it, like you know, you can get up and it might be a piece that someone who's who is a bit more snooty with their poetry would go, that's not poetry. But then they'll get up on stage, and then they've got a whole room of people clicking. And then if you go to a if you go to a slam for the first time, you're like why are these people clicking? And uh, I've had debates with poet friends about whether to click or not and people who are not into slam don't like the click and then the click will come in at places like House of Bricks, which is not exclusively a click, uh, a um, slam <laughs> gig. And so it's interesting to watch that kind of come into the regular gigs. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, had, I'd had a big break from the poetry scene and I started going, what is this clicking about? And yeah, it's an interesting thing. And that's I, from Slam. I like the, I don't mind the clicking or whatever, but sometimes actually it's not just the clicking, which is a thing that um, I guess is exclusively like a slam, a way to respond to Slam or whatever. Some Slams and some poets are actually okay with like, I guess, the kind of old fashioned heckle or mm-hmm. the kind of hollering out or, or whatever. Like, I don't mind that at all. Like, often I'll, perform at the den or something like that and commoners will heckle me or whatever <laughs> i kind of really like like that kind of yeah. stuff as well some slams and some slams are okay with that as well um yeah that's Especially, an interesting yeah. point because some people really don't like that and other people like it and they actually want it yeah. and yeah they want that interaction with their audience yeah. i think it's about judging who the performer is and Absolutely. like what style they're doing whether yeah. or not that stuff is welcome. I agree. Yeah. Because mm. we can have like pin dropping silence, mm. you know, and that can be really wonderful mm-hmm. because it's so compelling. We can have positive heckling all the way through that can really sort of like um, 
uh, egg the performers along. Um, it's it's all about what is the moment, what's the right thing to do in the moment, and all these different discourses. You know, like um, in music, for example, you know, classical music, it's all about pin-dropping silence and sitting in your seat and behaving and then politely applauding at the end. But let's say Indian classical music performances, you know, people talk through them, people have tea and, and, and Indian sweets through them, uh, and uh, it's really, really an amazing thing. You know, people do actually heckle positively through the music to encourage the performers. Mum asked me, Sam, have you ever been drunk? Have you ever done drugs? Have you ever made love? I said, Mum, I'm 17. I don't know what I'm meant to be. I'm just looking for the perfect girl to sit next to me on the train and I'll make bad jokes but she'll still laugh because I need some hope so when mum asks me have I made love hmm well um well yes I have mum in fact in fact it's all I do I make love to the lyrics of the words of the songs I have written for the girls in the shapes my lips make when I saw her hips shake In the tears on my cheeks when I saw her wrist All we do is make love In every ink mark I could ever think of I have seen that the love we dream of The love we want most We can't synthesize But it's right here, it's right here It's in your eyes It's in the swing of the private side shows Man, there's a light show to watch your heart grow Just let the art go and let it all out In the barriers we breach so we can fall out All we do is make love Never waste time working for a fake life This, this is your life You only get one And at my age we face mortality Every Saturday night We see things that could make tears Bring liquor to the eyes of those who have ever cried When someone left us Left us Left us Without saying goodbye Cause when it's party time someone might and on the come down, some will try. I'm not condoning, man, I'm just saying. Most of us are empty records no one even knows are playing. And if we make something, someone might notice. I wrote this to prove that those without hope are not hopeless. So take this with both hands and show it to your lover. Never forget that you were not a number. You were more than just another nine to five or workday survivor. You were alive and this is your sky. So hold your children. But let them walk alone. You see, some will fall, but some will fly. And they might get drunk, and they might take drugs, and they will make love. But the life that they make will be their own. You're listening to 3CR's Spoken Word, and my name is Ella Fanelska. And today we're having a special edition of Audacious, which is brought to the Melbourne poetry scene. Well, indeed, the um, spoken word scene internationally uh, by melbournespokenword.com. And the track we just heard was by Sam Hassel, and it was called The Talk. Now we're going to go somewhere quite different. For them, there. Poetry is not a luxury. It is a vital necessity of our existence, Audre Lord. Without a hope, 
without a hope? Are they asking, asking us for help? Do words matter? Can a word unlock, unlock a door? Can a word cut, cut a barbed wire, barbed wire fence? It is so easy to invent, invent a new word to blind, blind us to what we know, but do not, do not want to see. What about the word humanity? Humanity failed, failed us so many, so many times before. I have seen it, I have seen it, so I will not ask you to be human or to build another museum to remember, remember what we have done, done to them. What about the word art? Will art make us more, more civilized? But art, art will not, will not save them there. What about the word philosophy? Will philosophy help us, help us to find, find a reason why? Why we keep them there? And what about the word religion? But let's not talk about religion, as this may start, start another war. No matter where I look, and I have looked and looked, through so many, so many words. I cannot, I cannot find words, words to explain, explain why, why we keep them there. I know, you just want, want to forget. Do your nine to five job, Pay your bills, go home and watch. Watch the news about football and cricket and current affairs. As long as these affairs do not, do not, do not mention them there. Our government tells us keeping them there makes us all safe. But can you trust, trust our government? They lied, lied, lied to us so many, so many times before. I, I hope Hope it is not, not too late. 
I, I believe. It is time, time for you and I to stand up, stand up for them there, and stand up for ourselves. I, I believe. It is time, time for you and I to say enough is enough. Come them, we have bundles planes to share, and we want to share, share with them. We are now approaching the end of this very special edition of Spoken Word, which has focused on Audacious. And the last track that you just heard was by Kylie Supsky, and it was called For Them There, with music by Chris Wen. I'd finally just like to thank my co-presenter, Santo Katsati, for coming into the studios today for this special edition. Ciao for now. And also thank Ben Sola very much for coming in and um, expanding on the whole project and process. Thanks, Ella, for having me. Um, yeah, and check out the website. Um, come along to the gigs. Um, check out the YouTube channel. And, of course, support uh, Audacious by buying the first two issues. Um, it's only 10 bucks, and you support the poets and support one of the only places that publishes spoken word. My name's Ella Fenelska and you've been listening to 3CR's Spoken Word. And I look forward to your company next time.